0: Most Hawks fans predicted the team would be three wins, two losses at the conclusion of round five and as it turns out that's precisely where Hawthorne have ended up after a disappointing loss to the Giants. Similarly, most fans predicted free kicks would be hard to come by after Clarko's comments last week. And well, let's just get into it, hey? Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Talk Podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, the man with the tinfoil hat. G'day, Tiz.
1: Yeah, this can go either way tonight. Uh, <laughs> it's either a massive conspiracy, or we're just not good enough and they've got all the talent they could ever hope for at GWS. Could be both. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine... Uh, the umpire's giving us too many holding the ball free kicks after Clarko called for it, could you? I mean, it, it's very much a league that goes by appearances rather than fundamentals that's why we only have two out of the last hundred tackles Hawthorne has done, paid holding the ball is that right? Or
0: It is some crazy number like that. It's not even
1: 2016 so it definitely <laughs> is crazy
0: You know what really annoyed me was okay, just the coverage in general annoyed me. Right from the warm-up I really didn't like about five minutes from the first bounce. This
1: is how GWS can win. Uh, What they need to do. Uh, What Hawthorne's good at that GWS can stop. What Hawthorne's good at. You're having a laugh, aren't you? Because Gary
0: Lyons sat there and just told us, "Ah, you know, Hawthorne, who have they won against? Uh, Let's see. Beat Brisbane. That was round one, though. Um, Beat Richmond. They're not any good. Beaten North, only just So, um, I don't know I don't really know about Hawthorne and, and anyone they've beaten It's like, well, thanks very much, Gary Should I just tune out now? And perhaps you should have Because <laughs> Gary continued in a similar vein All evening Oh, him and Brad Johnson Brad Johnson has the audacity to say oh, for, oh, looking at the free kick count Yeah, it's a bit lopsided But maybe Hawthorne just aren't any good
1: at tackling
0: Piss off
1: Yeah <laughs> uh... Anyway, we, we just fell down in the forward line. They were absolutely shithouse, our key forwards. I mean, there's no two ways about that.
0: It is, as they say, tis deja vu all over again.
1: <laughs> I mean, I expected something to change, and I had a crack at GWS for their, what do we call it, efficiency inside 50. I've forgotten what that means after watching us have that many balls into the inside 50 just get... Gee, we made Haynes and Davis look good, but... They have, They were kicking them out their ass. They were, they were scoring, what, 80% of their inside 50s. That's ridiculously bad. Well, me in particular, I was
0: tearing my hair out because I'd made the mistake of watching uh, Melbourne, your favourite team, uh, earlier in the day. And if you want to talk about a team whose forward line is absolutely shot, who can't get any good delivery or any good efficiency inside their 50, Melbourne are just the absolute masters of that. And uh, then I go and watch us and... Gee, I mean in a fortnight's time mate I don't know how we're going to go there That's going to be an ugly game
1: There were some lovely passages of play And we'd finally get it up into the forward line And then it wasn't so much that they were beaten It was the manner in which they were beaten Timmy just sort of moved off Not even shoved I mean he just sort of glided past any contests. <laughs> and then and- It was the same with Mitch Lewis. He didn't... uh, It was very un-Mitch-like. He sort of just waited for Davis to take the pole position. It was quite odd. What would Klico do with that? He didn't want to say anything at the end of the game. He wasn't going to go with the holding the ball thing. He was more keen to talk about next week. He just said we had a few good things that happened for us and other things that weren't so good. Very vague, very Nathan (laughs) Buckley-ish. Well, we heard from one of our listeners, Brent, uh, is there anything
0: you actually liked from the game? Clarko pointed out our win in the forward 50 entries and clearances, but was there anything else that you liked? You know, before we get too bogged down in the negativity
1: of it. Without the ridiculous number of free kicks inside 50 to GWS and their sensational ability to convert from them, we actually should have been a lot closer. Mm. Our play around the ball in the midfield, where I felt they would show us up tremendously, was actually quite good. Um, although Smith faded out after the first quarter. I'm not not sure whether he was told never to kick it again after a few of his <laughs> efforts, but he certainly faded. And uh, their outside, their ability to get the ball on the outside, so their uncontested possessions, that's where we lost the game. Oh, yeah, we just had no answer.
0: In our own team, our outside players... Barely contributed. I felt they were just non-factors.
1: They controlled the ball. We were always running after them, and then at the end of the day, we lost a few players to injury, and it it got blown out further than it ought to have been. But they're GWS. They made the final last year, and now they're looking like the team with the hunger. Worth remembering as well. It
0: was only a ten-point margin at half time. Somehow we got it back to ten points after looking absolutely atrocious. So, I don't know, it was a tough game to watch, but worth keeping in mind that for a while there, we were in arm's reach of them. Yeah, yeah it's a bit Geelong all over again. It was, yeah. We heard from Campbell as well. Uh, Big Boy is our best defender, ruck and tall forward. Is there any way we can reproduce him
1: so we have one on each line? Not a bad wingman either, i got to say. <laughs> uh, chess piece of Clarko's. Um, planned for and absolutely exploited in that first quarter. Um, there were a couple of moments where he was one-on-one and he was, you know, I don't know what he was looking at, but it certainly wasn't the ball. And then he went up the other end to just rub salt into my wounds and made it look so easy to beat Davis and O'Keefe yep, yep. that what the hell had O'Brien and Lewis been doing? Yeah,
0: I don't know. That That annoyed me as well. That McAvoy instantly, as soon as he was chucked into that position, made it look simple. And he was good in the ruck as well. I thought he showed up Segler to some extent. Um I am really happy that McAvoy was able to make amends for, you know, his
1: early stages in that game. Um of course it was just too little too late, really. Yeah, no, he's a he's a terrific player for us, one of our best trades, turning into one of our best trades now. And uh I don't know. Jack Gunston was good, wasn't he? It's good to have him on target again. He slotted
0: 3-1. He turned back the clock a bit with some of that set shot potency of his, and we haven't seen that Jack Gunston in a little while, so it was good to have him back, and, I mean, God knows we needed him. Well, especially from long range. He was much better than he has been in previous outings. Well, if you can't get it inside the 50 with any efficiency, then you've got to kick him from long range. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant, didn't think of that Jack might have conned on to that mate He's going well
1: we know what happens if we put it inside the arc So I'm just going to have a go here And the other thing is that GWS had a few players out of that lineup, Especially in their defence and they didn't miss a beat So some people were saying that Luke Bruce The linchpin of the movement that goes on up there But I mean come on these are professional footballers They've had a whole week to work out what where they're going to run um, at least Poppy kicked the goal. That was a nice handball from Mitch Lewis. That was a highlight, I suppose, if we're talking to Brent. It's good to see Poppy get on the sp- scoreboard yeah we'll get to him and of course the bloke we wanted to see
0: harry jones <laughs> yes harry jones i was so excited for his game and i think he stepped up to the plate he looked very comfortable at the level 11 touches i believe at 100 percent disposal efficiency
1: had some really good endeavor about him i didn't mind his game at all tiz what do you think i thought he kept to his task i didn't realize he went an 100 percent disposal efficiency that sort of Indicates to me he was a little bit uh, timid. Just pay him the 100% disposal efficiency. Don't take the gloss off. How many did he have off a limit? Okay. Yeah, a few of those were contested. Yeah, no, I know they're contested. But, geez, he didn't get the rub of the green with the umps, did he? Like, he took a mark at one point that should have been paid, and uh, then he had a holding the ball decision, uh, which should have been awarded, and then he tackled the next guy to get the ball, and and it was holding the man. I mean, it pretty unlucky. I've got to say that his energy level was fantastic.
0: He was unlucky. He ended up getting three free kicks against, and as you point out, at least one of those, we could probably let that go and not hold it against him because it shouldn't have come to that. It should have heard the whistle long before that. But, uh, yeah, as you say, he had some good energy about it and some good
1: endeavour, and uh, I want to see more of Jones. I liked his debut. Yeah, and Jager and uh, Tom Mitchell were pretty good as well, I thought. They were very, very uh, hard hard at the ball all night. And Warple seems to be improving with each week. But in the main, I mean, they were just outclassed on every line. And uh, that kind of efficiency in the opposition forward 50, you're never going to look likely. Um, You just got punished every time. I mean, we we kept them to a low number of inside 50s. They were just so good when they got there. Ten goals out of their three tall forwards i mean you know something's going wrong they took their opportunities where we didn't we butchered or like a
0: lot of our shots at goal but even just getting the ball in there we just weren't good enough to to make anything of it uh we heard from brito is it just me or is our midfield yet to
1: click this season the whole league's yet to click i mean gws wouldn't be happy with their performances um Teams that have clicked because they've been playing terrible opposition, like Port Adelaide. I mean, probably the most uh, winning performance I've seen or the most complete performance would have to be Brisbane at this stage. I was going to say Brisbane, yeah. And we've beaten them. So it's all gravy, mate. (laughs) Uh,
0: I I think our midfield's travelling okay. What I have liked about our midfield is the fact that they they don't seem to drop their heads. I I haven't bemoaned our... um, our spirit, I guess I don't mean to sound quite as pretentious as that sounded just then But they they don't really just drop their heads and give up I think they keep trying and keep trying It doesn't always come off But at least they're having a crack week in and week out And I'd like to highlight that I don't think we should underestimate that Hashtag loser talk oh. Now <laughs> uh- <laughs> I guess it does sound I sound like a Melbourne supporter, don't I? A little
1: bit until the Hamburglar, Clayton Oliver, <laughs> kicks it straight to the opposition. Oh. That was delicious. That completely cost them the game, that. That was an absolute <laughs> shocker. It handed me my margin. <laughs> now, Now I like this. Richie, do we practice handballing at each other's feet? There are a couple of those where we looked on and then a handball would go astray and then all of a sudden the pressure would immediately get to us. Bang. And then we'd be running backwards with the flight of the ball, trying to prevent GWS having an easy attempt on goal. There were far too many situations where uh, we just had no faith in going long up the line. I saw a few people popping up on
0: Twitter throughout the game saying, just bemoaning the fact that, you know, don't play on. Like, you're moving it too quickly and we're running into trouble all the time. I can accept that that's their plan, I actually don't mind it but uh you get shoddy disposal when there's indecision uh when you get a run on and you're like oh crap there's nothing we there's a there's a broken link in the chain here I'm not sure where to go and then a bit of panic and indecision sets in and then the disposal loses some polish and it just the whole thing falls down and I think it's not just not just skill level because I think that's across the board across the league at the moment all skill levels down we're seeing some horrible games but yeah for us in our particular case I think we get on a bit of a run and then we we run into a dead end and then that just it breaks the whole thing down for us that's where you start seeing poor skill
1: level it's not just that but off the half back line um there's no real dash to uh, or an unpredictability about it that that's what we lacked unpredictability i mean they just shifted their defence from side to side they were terribly patient when they did have the ball um, just working down our energy levels, and then it all it all sort of collapses in the final quarter every week. I mean, our scoring is just...
0: Well, since the restart, we just seem completely hopeless at applying any scoreboard pressure in final quarters. In four rounds, we've managed a total of two goals four in final quarters. That's uh, Thanks to Carlo for hitting us up with that stat. Uh, two goals four in final quarters, Tiz. I think at least two of those games, it's been no goals. So... What is going on? Like, that's become a glaring issue now. You can't ignore that.
1: Uh, No. Well, I noticed that Robbo's come out and had a crack at Burgoyne today in the paper. Are we listening to him, are we? No, it's just interesting that he should come for Burgoyne on a weekend when he could have picked, you know, up to ten hawks to have a crack at. (laughs) Um, But Burgoyne didn't get near it. The problem to me was there's... Once Scrimshaw went off, we didn't have any real attacking flair through the back half. And then I thought Wingard and Burgoyne, who we looked to for slick passing and taking the right option, were well sat on most of the day. Wingard, I think he managed only two behinds in the end, but you just got the sense that the Giants,
0: they weren't going to allow him to do what he'd done so well for the opening rounds of the season. Uh, Like... It'd be reckless to not put time into Wingard at this point, because as we said on our last podcast, he's the most exciting thing going at Hawthorne. So if you shut him down, you go a long way to beating us. We heard from Matt as well. Do we need more goals from our midfielders? So far, Smith has two, Scully one, O'Meara one, Shields one, Mitchell with none, and Warple also on zero. Uh, Matt, you make a good point, but I'll say this. We need more goals. We need more goals, and we need more goals from the guys who are there to kick them. It'd be nice, it'd be luxury to have our midfielders putting them through, but we need the guys who are actually getting paid good money to do that, to actually step up. And yeah, I am looking at the likes of
1: O'Brien and Lewis. Hurts me to say it. Well, George has a good crack here. He goes, uh, TOB and Lewis should never be in the same team. It also feels like Groundhog Day in that there's a lack of cohesion between our mids and forwards, your thoughts. Well, there definitely is.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lack of cohesion there. We can see that. It, it's so often on
1: display in any given game. It's just so frustrating. But can I just say, lack of cohesion is bullshit from centre clearances, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Other teams look fantastic when they get the centre clearances, kick it forward, bang, someone's in a good position or they crummer. it. When it happens for us, what happens? We get no return from it. They intercept market. They run it straight past us. It is infuriatingly bad.
0: Yeah, we just get no return from that ever. Uh, With respect to George's... The first part of George's question there, O'Brien Lewis should never be in the same team. Well... I don't know about that. I mean, how many Hawks fans were complaining in the back end of last year? Mate,
1: it wouldn't have happened if Patton could cook, All right. What do you think he was cooking? What is this? Patton damaged his foot cooking. He burnt his foot, apparently. That's the story. Come on, that's got to be one of the wildest injuries I've heard in a while. That's straight out of the office, Nick. That's ridiculous. (laughs) It is quite absurd. Again, I'd love to
0: know what exactly he was serving up. It's one thing to burn your hand, but your foot... How the hell does that happen? Probably a big foot. (laughs) How does John Patton cook? That's my question. Speaking of Burns, who is our forward line coach? Burns, baby, Burns. (laughs) Isn't he doing a good job as well? He's done a great job this year. I mean, I think back to our preview podcast, some of our most popular episodes, Tiz, and how excited I was about our forward line. I thought it was going to be an absolute weapon. And it's just the least potent thing out there. Still, nothing's changed.
1: Yeah, we'll get to the changes later, but uh, what is Burns doing to help us help Timmy take marks?
0: I mean, it's just... That's what Andrew Kay has asked. Uh, Who is our forward line coach, and what are they doing to help Tim O'Brien take marks? And Nick wonders, does Tim O'Brien deserve another chance? Well... As you said, we'll get to the changes, but I think Tim O'Brien... Good of
1: you to ride into the pod there, Nick.
0: (laughs) A different Nick, obviously. No, look, I think that whether he deserves it or not, O'Brien's going to get another chance, just because Lewis is out now, and I think we'll run with O'Brien and Patton again. Yeah, what has Lewis done? Do we know? Uh, Looks like a high hamstring. At time of recording, we don't have the report on that yet, so... We'll wait and see. Hopefully it's not too bad. Well, I mean, it's Friday night, so you'd be missing. Oh, yeah. No, he's missing for sure. Um, Sorry, circling back around to what George said, Tim O'Brien and Lewis should never be in the same team. Well, that's not going to be a worry for a little while. Um, I think we will
1: be going Patton and O'Brien, but Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. It's just, I just want to tack on the ball, Nick. That's all I want. I want him to bring it to ground, which he would be been doing. I mean, it's probably one out of the box for Timmy, but... He's usually bringing it to ground. Um, The one that didn't bring it to ground at all was Mitch Lewis. Apart from the handball he gave off to Poppy, and I didn't see Mitch in the ruck. I mean, we were robbed of a lot of. I've got to remember. I've got to keep bringing to my own mind that these boys aren't training in conditions like the AFL. So we know that it's hard to go from the VFL into the AFL, which is why Jones looks so good. To us, because he seems to have made that transition quite well, but for key forwards to go from the lack of pressure in a scratch match to the AFL against Phil Davis and Nick Haynes, who are two top-line defenders, uh, is it too much to ask? Are we too are we being too critical? Nope. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you raise a good point, but too critical?
0: No. I think we're within our rights to be critical in the way that we are. Mitch Lewis, he did have time in the ruck um, in the first half, I believe. I didn't see him in the third quarter, but in the first half, he made a few cameos there, but it was was against quality opposition. Uh, We heard from Judith. Will John Patton come back into the team and kick lots of goals the Hawks way? Well, he'll come back into the side, but I don't know if kicking
1: goals is the Hawks way at the moment. (laughs) I sure hope he does. You know, it looked like we needed a bigger body. Up there this week, so oh, I'm ben happy
0: McAvoy to see Paddo it. back. The second, you switch a, a big beast down there, then we're clunking marks. But oh, look! I hope he can bring
1: something, Patton. Jonathan wrote into the pod and asks, "Do we have a look at Jackson Ross?" And that's not Jonathan Patton, is it? That's a different <laughs> Jonathan because this is getting no. It's it's not an internal campaign to get Jackson Ross games. I think we should definitely start some campaign like that. Because the kid's a freak, he can kick a goal from anywhere It's exactly what we need We need something I mean, it's like I said to you last
0: week You know, we talk about upsetting the continuity in the, the proverbial apple cart of the forward line What are we upsetting right now by bringing guys in? It's just, it's not working Can we just have a crack at seeing what we've got?
1: So we had a whole host of players Just like the week before That looked good in parts but never dominated You know it's it's highly professional but less than interesting performances from a lot of them
0: oh totally middling unspectacular performances and it goes for about two-thirds of the team i understand not everyone can be stars but i'm not asking for that i'm not asking for explosive performances it's just the fact that so many contribute almost invisibly, and I'm talking about guys like uh, Scully frustrates me, Henderson, I'm not sure what's happening there this year for him, he's just really gone off a cliff since last, last year was amazing obviously, but he hasn't been able to capture that this year, Puopolo, and even, I know Robbo's had a go, but Burgoyne worries me to some extent, there's just a few guys that are just kind of there, they're not, not really doing much for me, Tiz. What
1: about you? I just think the fitness level isn't there. The energy level certainly is not there. Um, they need to take some angry pills or something in that forward line because they're just not aggressive. There needs to be a bit more competitive spirit. I don't know whether they figured that this isn't a real season or something. But Some of the guys I just mentioned there, it might be their last
0: season. You don't know. I mentioned three guys at least who are aging stars and... You just never know. Uh, we heard from Dino, best replacement for Hendo. Uh, who do
1: you reckon? I've heard Finn being touted, Finn McGuinness. Uh, well, the next in line would be number 36, Dylan Moore. And uh, and then you'd start looking away from there. But also you've got uh, Minchington with his white haircut. Yeah, we're starting to reach into the bottom of the barrel. And like I said before, no, sorry, I shouldn't say bottom of the barrel. We're just <laughs> starting to reach into the barrel, aren't we? To look for
0: replacements. You can phrase it whichever way you like, mate. The point stands. I understand what you're saying. Well, no,
1: they're not bottom of the barrel, mate. They're just, it's just that they're going to be raw when they come in because they've not had AFL conditioning. Well, it has to happen sometime. Yeah, I think Collingwood are in a poor spot right now. We're a bit lucky there, to be honest.
0: We are. We'll get to that in a sec. Uh, One of our players that we like the look of, uh, we heard from Dino as well, he he wanted to ask us, in addition to his other question on Hendo, uh,
1: Will Day, how far is he down the picking order as far as our back six goes? So Morrison's the next one in for Scrimshaw, and then Will Day's behind him, I'd say, Uh, unless they have no faith in Morrison anymore. But I, I find that hard to believe.
0: No, I think Morrison was... He was an, an emergency or something. Was that last week or this? I forget. But I don't think they've given up on Morrison just yet. And I, I'd agree with your assessment on that. Uh, we heard from Andrew. Uh, he, he wants to talk about Paul Popolo and why not? Uh, I don't believe Poppy should be in the side, but as he is, why in the world are they bombing it on his head? They did the same stuff last year. The guy is short and fast, not tall. Sheesh, who are the best replacements for the aging star? Which is interesting from Andrew, because on the one hand, he's kind of identified that it's not Popolo's deficiencies as a player, it's the system. But on the other hand, like he wants to still replace him. Um, I can see arguments for both. I'm not disagreeing on either point. But uh, if we were inclined to replace him again in the side tiers, who would you like to run with?
1: Hanrahan is the obvious replacement for Poppy. But as he's just been dropped, Nick... Can we have a look at Ross? Walker is injured. Um, Morris is probably ready from a concussion, which he received in the Pracky match last week. The question to me is, does does Alistair Clarkson pull the pin now? Because, no, he will play the kids. He's happy to play the kids as long as the season is done, (laughs) (laughs) basically. That's the impression I get.
0: Yeah, you might be right. When do you start saying it's done, though? Because at the moment, there's a few Hawks fans that think the sky's falling. We are 3-2. Just like a, like I said in the intro, a lot of people predicted we'd be three wins, two losses. That's where we've ended up. We've had one of the toughest draws, if not the toughest. We're not in a terrible position. So what,
1: what is the go from here? What are we trying to do? Well, look, Scrimshaw went off injured. Lewis went off injured. Shields injured. O'Brien looked injured and came off, or maybe he was dragged. Uh, Poppy... Hardly had an influence on the game. Henderson does a lot of work, but you don't see it now because it's not—he's not got his head over the ball because he's been moved further out of the pack. Uh, he's not as um, integral to the play as he once was with Tom Mitchell running round to the to the points that he was collecting the ball at. Um, Segler, I'm still not convinced. But can he really abandon what he's worked on for so many months? Like, is—is is he? I mean, it's worked three-two. Can he change it up and get something else working? Because this is hit and miss. We heard from Ryan. Uh, do you think
0: we'll eventually reach a tipping point where Clarko realises there is a premiership in this group and goes for more of a rebuild mentality? And will that coincide with the handing over of the reins to Sam Mitchell? Uh, which, of course, is... Well, it's hearsay at the moment, the whole Mitchell thing. We all expect that's going to happen. Um, but when when do you pull that trigger? I don't think you do it at 3-2, but in, in a 17-game season... It does become very interesting when do you start going yeah look we're, we're gonna we'll we'll try something else here
1: let's just uh shape up for 2021 oh well he certainly doesn't do it yet and you've got to remember that people can win the Premiership from basically anywhere now
0: whatever we're trying to do just has such varying inconsistent results that I'm not sure it's the stuff that's gonna win the flag like we haven't hit a good run of form and and three two suggests that all right would could I say to you? Do you think we could play Emerson Jecker this week? I'd be in favour of that. Obviously, he's going to be raw. We have to adjust our expectations accordingly. But I don't... Look, I'm happy for 2020 to be experimental, throw stuff at the wall, see if it sticks.
1: If we get anywhere near contending, awesome. If we don't, it is what it is. See, there are so many ways to take this. He's got Michael Hartley there. He can bring him in. He can play forward. He has in the past. Um, he can go back and let McAvoy go forward. He can play the McAvoy role in a way. Uh, The other thing is we've played all these uh, good teams and there are a number of teams that are getting hit by injuries just like we unfortunately have been. They don't seem to be terrible injuries, but we've got them yet to play. So there may be opportunity for these kids down the road. He's just, I think, with a five-day break... And obviously the team is fatiguing. You've got to bring some kids in, get the energy level up, some debutantes. It was great to see Harry Jones out there. I thought he gave us something. Um, and certainly that was probably the best functioning part of our, our team was that midfield. Our clearance work was good. Um, the distribution wasn't. But, yeah. So, Ah. Uh, I don't know, I think, that, I think I just want a bit more excitement from them. I mean, Finn McGuinness must be chomping the bit to have a go. Josh Morris is a freak. Dylan Moore's been at the club a while now. Um, would be itching to get on the park. Um, James Cousins, He probably there's probably too many like him in the team already. So we heard Connor Glass is playing a, a pretty good role up forward. I just want to have a look at these guys.
0: Well, same here, and I wonder how it's going to be I don't know, just their psychology to just week after week run around in you know scratch matches, not really doing anything. You know, nothing's on the line. You're trying to force your way into a side, but it's not the same as the VFL system where you know there's a pretty straight, direct through line. Now suddenly you're playing this amateurish form of the game where I, I don't know, I I feel like there'd be some restlessness amongst our young brigade of hawks. But that would just be my guess. I'm not basing that on anything.
1: And don't forget we've seen um, and this is another point, Pitnet go to another club, not having been offered what he needed at Hawthorne, which was just game time. He looks fine. Like he'll he'll uh, flash and burn probably in the first year over at Carlton. But he's had some good games and he's given them given them some hope. And there's no reason some of these Hawthorne players can't do the same for us. So, yeah, we're in a great position. We've got Collingwood this week who are in absolute diabolical trouble. They should play Eddie Maguire, quite (laughs) frankly. That's how I feel about it. What are you talking about? Eddie's not accountable at all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. We've got a ton of questions here. I'm going to try and get to them all. Uh, we heard from Chad. With no VFL this year, are we better off developing players in the team at the expense of guys like Puapolo and Henderson? It hasn't been much variation when it comes to team selection with the same core group performing the same roles over the past two seasons. Are we digging ourselves a hole or is the depth not there? This question from Chad is quite timely, Tiz,
1: exactly for the last few minutes what we've been discussing. Yeah, well, I think Henderson can can ride his form, don't you? Well, I certainly hope so. He's just not adjusting to the role. I think he just enjoyed it more last year. Well, you couldn't begrudge (laughs) players of that right now. It's been a topsy-turvy season. Um, And we really can't tell if we're digging a hole or the depth's not there. But I, for one, would applaud Clarko just having a stack of midfield rotations and What's the word? I mean, it, backing them for their skill rather than the system, especially up forward. It seems to be systems are breaking down up forward this year because there's not enough time to to get them right, um, and we we're lacking skill.
0: Let Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How do you think we're setting up in the forward line? What What's I know it's hard to know not watching it live. But we just, uh, you know, at one point in the Giants game, we put it forward, I think it was Jones actually, Harry Jones, and I wondered if it was Harry Jones' decision or our forward setup that led us to have Burgoyne go up for the mark and be outmanned 3-1. to one. No one else went up for the mark, it was just Burgoyne and three Giants, and I thought to myself, what's happened there? Is it the kick? Or is it, are we meant to have more guys competing?
1: Um, I, I don't understand what the instruction was. GWS wouldn't have wanted that many men going up at once. But uh, when that happens, we should be getting the getting the spillage, you know? And that, that didn't happen either. We weren't getting to the fall of the ball. So we always seem to be behind our opponent. There always seems to be an extra man over the top, and, it's, and somehow there isn't an extra man at the other end to come over the top. I don't know how that works. Um... And in general, the only times we looked really dangerous was when we switched and kicked across the 50 rather than going long. I was just curious as to if you had any
0: insight, because I couldn't work it out. Um, in that one play, Burgoyne was like right in the up the guts as well in the corridor. Um, I don't know if he should be the marking target in the forward line, but he was a lot. If anything, you're talking about the spillage and getting the crumb, he should be one of those guys getting the crumb. I just that That just really struck me as
1: we don't really have a plan here. I would say that's because he can read where the ball's going better than the other two up there who are meant to be that's their job. you know they're meant to be demanding that's where the ball is to go, and I really don't see that as part of their well certainly not part of Tim's ego. He doesn't call for the ball enough, and I'm not sure Mitch Lewis is doing it at this stage. Now, you've got to have a big ego on you if you want to be a key forward. And Patton seems to have that. Um, he'll put his hand up. But the other boys need... I mean, we know that Timmy is a confidence player. And he's going to have none now. Right? They've got to build it up. you got to make it easier for him. They're getting out-muscled. The, the system, whatever they've got in place, it's just not working. It's too predictable. It's too predictable. You've just said it.
0: <laughs> I think that sums it up We've got two more questions before we uh, throw to an ad break Half of Rodney will take all of his question. Is anyone under the illusion we have a, as good a list as GWS? While I have faith in Clarko And I like the recruiting, particularly in our midfield I don't think we are one of the top six teams this year Somewhere between seven to twelve We've done very well this year considering
1: Yeah, I'd have to agree that we don't have the best list um, I think Clarko's done very well with a back six in a, in a couple of games. But Ford, uh, we're just not scoring enough. And that is that is talent. I mean, you can see it when Wingard gets on the ball. And the fact that Burgoyne's still there at 37 is a huge bloody alarm. You wanted him there, mate. I know I want him there, but I also am totally aware of the list. <laughs> this is why Poppy keeps coming back in. People get angry, but Poppy is better than the other blokes. That's why they're picking him. I see I see the argument but he's just not going to be there forever. Nobody's there now. He's on the list now and he's a better option at winning the next game than the other people there. That's all that his selection says. It sounds like a stupid thing now I say it out loud. Of course
0: you're going out to win each week, but is there no forward thinking? Like well <laughs> forward thinking seems like an ironic phrase now. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't think you can keep on playing him forever. I wouldn't be Wouldn't be too shocked if Poopolo missed this week, but then how many changes are we actually going to make? We'll get to that in a moment with our uh, match preview. Uh, One last thing from Quantum Hawk. Trying to look forward, Pies and D's were equally as bad. Can we
1: bounce back quickly? Yes, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the Pies are there for the taking, and um, I just love beating the D's. I mean, they beat us last year, so it's not going to happen
0: again. I think we can win both. But it can't be accomplished without some serious change in attitude and in uh, not so much endeavour, because I think we try, but
1: something needs to be tweaked with Hawthorne. Otherwise... I mean, this is this is such a Hawthorne podcast, isn't it? They're just not good enough at 3-2, and two, having played only finalists. <laughs> yeah, look, it's a fair cop. Apart from North. But, you know, we're pretty good. GWS are much better.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, I'll accept that. I don't know about pretty good. We've done enough. We're three and two. We thought we'd be three and two, and we are. You know the really awesome thing about Apple Podcasts, is and the, the fact that people jump on and rate and review our show. Uh, it really brightens up your day after a bad loss.
1: <laughs> yeah. How bad is that? 6 p.m. on a Sunday evening, and nothing else to go to after that. Like, there's no uh, after dinner mint. <laughs> Well, we had one uh, on
0: Monday in the form of this review from Mount Everest. Uh, He left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It reads, Great pod with a great community. Always great to listen to. Win or loss with a great Twitter community. Absolutely recommend. Uh, Thanks, Mount Everest. That that really... Uh, Help take the edge off the loss. I'll be quite frank, that made my day. Now, as Mount Everest alluded to, we are on Twitter at Hawk Talk Pod. Jump on there, uh, join the conversation. Uh, it's how we get through these things, it's how we get through bad losses, it's how we celebrate good wins. Always great fun on Twitter. Facebook as well, facebook.com slash Hawk Talk Pod. Uh, it's a good community there as well. I know, Tiz, you, you don't love Facebook, but. Our page is the rare exception, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, Facebook has its place, I suppose, but I think I dodged a bullet in avoiding the uh, whatever it's called this week. Oh, the game day thread that we are going to start, yeah. Probably not the week for it. (laughs) And I I want to point out that a a couple of very kind patrons have uh, increased their support of the show. Have they really? Above the $5 mark, so that's that's very kind.
0: All right, well, we'll have to make sure we get in touch with them and thank them for that. That's pretty kind. Patreon, of course, is the place to go if you want to support the show, if you love what we're doing and you want to sling a couple of dollars our way, then patreon.com slash Pod. That is the place to go. And now we move on to the Coogee Hawks. <laughs> the Coogee Hawks are taking on uh, Collingwood at Giant Stadium, Friday, 7.50 p.m. A uh, Collingwood side without, Steel Sidebottom and Jordan Degoe, uh related to their respective transgressions,
1: Tiz. Where are they staying, do we know? Because probably that's more pertinent than, <laughs> than anything else. I mean, I know Melbourne are in Manly, um, which seems appropriate. And I think we lucked out and got the best spot. Coogee's obviously terrific spot to be. The boys should be well and truly relaxed there. Well, I don't want it to be too relaxed after that
0: performance, but anyway we're hubbing enough in Coogee, as you said uh, What I worry about Collingwood's hub is the um, many doors and are there right doors and wrong doors? <laughs> I just want to make sure they stumble into the right ones. Bloody Eddie McGuire, Bringing the game into disrepute.
1: He's the guy that's bringing our game to America. Do you remember that? Did that actually happen? Because here's me thinking that maybe the AFL have found a way to make sure Clarko doesn't benefit in this particular week from his outrage about holding the ball that has been going since 2016 and he's referred back to it many times. Um, And then they pick Frio versus Adelaide for the game to go into America at prime time. And I think perhaps I'm overestimating my opponent here. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's hard to see them strategizing when it could just be stupidity, right?
1: <laughs> right, yeah. But
0: anyway, we must feel pretty good about this game, right? Yeah, I feel okay. I think the, um, the brief turnaround probably hurts us, especially when, you know, Scrimshaw, Lewis and Shields looked a bit worse for wear at the end of that Giants game. And
1: I don't know. But, mate, they're the susceptible to the Masons' multi-Friday night curse. <laughs> you picked them last week and... They looked home in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> and then Essendon slowly pegged them back, ground them down, and beat them consummately. And again, this week, they're playing the Friday night. So I reckon this is a lay down, All you have to do is pick Collingwood, lose your buck, and we're sweet. That is precisely what I'll be doing,
0: <laughs> is uh, putting my dollar on Collingwood, because I know that it works. Rarely does any team survive the the Friday Night Curse of Mason's Multi, which we'll get to later. But I will say, before we just get off that topic, I did wonder on Twitter, when was the last time I won a Friday Night? When was the last time my bet survived Friday Night? I honestly couldn't tell you, mate. It
1: is legit a curse. I just cannot do it. It is absolutely marvellous. And I am quite sure people are making a big pile of cash out of your $1. Yeah, I'm happy to help. <laughs> the Hawk Talk podcast, serving the community. <laughs>
0: Uh, Gamble very responsibly of course Only a dollar at a time Follow my lead
1: I want to point out that uh, Collingwood are backing some of the young fellas So there's a few players in their side under 50 games And um, I'm happy to have a few of our young boys come in as well
0: So I'm wondering what changes we're actually going to make Um, We're going to assume with that short five day break That uh, some players aren't going to get up We're going to have forced changes um, let's start with Lewis, who I think goes out with a hamstring. Uh, would you say we're bringing in Patton? That seems the most obvious swap. Yes, I
1: think so. Yep, and then it'll be up to um, be up to Clarko if uh, O'Brien um, skips the chop. I think he will. I think Lewis being
0: injured has saved him again. What about Scrimshaw, who has some sort of foot complaint, ankle or something
1: like that? Well, surely Morrison comes back in. That's a very hard position to just pick up and play. Unless you're a highly talented uh, draft pick like um, Mr. Will Day, oh. perhaps, <laughs> but I don't see it. It's probably a bit too early for him. So uh, Morrison for mine there until Jarman Impey's finally back. Yeah, I think what impey's what two weeks away,
0: something like that. I, I think if I think CJ's fit now, but if he had any sort of Scratch match time under his belt, I'd be more inclined to pick him. I just don't think it'd be wise to bring him straight back at AFL level, even though I would love to see him. And I think he could do that role. Uh, It just, he probably needs a bit more practice. Um, I think they might go with Morrison. I think he might be right. It wouldn't be my first choice, but I think that's what they're going to do. And also we're looking at Shields, perhaps.
1: Yeah, I think Shields probably out. So, um, Cousins would be pretty hopeful, I can't think of many other midfielders that would get a look there. Can you? No,
0: not really. Um, Cousins has a bit of senior experience. He's
1: probably first first in line there. He was in the squad for Giants. so yeah, It's interesting. I guess uh, the other omission could be Poopolo or, or even Segler, but I, I think Segler will probably be retained as uh, they've got to combat the Magpies' Ruck division. So well, um Well, I think we're a chance.
0: I think the five day break hurts us, but um if we win, I dare say tis, it it'll be a kooji coup.
1: <laughs> yeah, what would it be like, actually, just being told on what well, would it have been Friday or Thursday that you have to relocate interstate by Sunday? Yeah, it's a bit full on. They're doing everything
0: they possibly can, in the AFL, to keep this alive, but as the weeks go on, I'm just getting less
1: and less sure that this is a good idea. I love football, but oh no, you got to keep it going. There's a lot of jobs here, a lot of jobs involved around footy. People are looking for an outlet. It's you know, it's not having a detrimental effect on society having footy go on, is it? It's uh... no, I, I understand all the
0: arguments to keep it going. It's just yeah. The asterisk on the season just gets bigger
1: and bigger, doesn't it? It's a degree of difficulty. If it were a diving competition, this surely will be the hardest to win, or will it turn out to be a Stephen Bradbury Cup? That's the question, really. (laughs) I guess we're just going to find out. Uh, We heard from CEO Justin Reeves.
0: Who uh, addressed the members saying, after this block of games, we're a chance to remain on the road. However, we have confirmation from the AFL that we'll be on the road for no longer than 32 days.
1: I mean, they've had confirmation on a hell of a lot of things, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. That can change.
0: Uh, It's fluid, isn't it, Tears? That's the word they've been using.
1: Anyway, I want Clarko to start experimenting in experimentation. (laughs) I want him to have a different experiment, mate. Just bamboozle Buckley. He's not great at thinking on the fly. We know that. So can we please come up with some ridiculous plan to show him up? Fingers crossed for that. I'm all for it. Uh, Meanwhile,
0: and I think we might wrap up with this. We're going to end on a bit of a mystery, Tiz. Oh, this is so
1: weird. Like, (laughs) you don't need to do it. It's one of those... I I 100% agree. I 100% agree with you. Who edits it? That's my question. Is there an
0: editor? Because that shouldn't make it. Well, we need to bring the listeners in on this because they have no idea what we're referring to. We are, of course, referring to uh, the letter from Jeff Kennett uh, in which he was talking about the late John Kennedy Sr. And uh, I'm going to read out a quote here and listeners might immediately cotton on to what I'm referring to about this very peculiar paragraph. Jeff says, I've met many people in my life, in Australia and internationally, I can honestly say I can think of only one other person who is an influential in their chosen community, had the same unchallengeable personal values,
1: and was as humble as John. So, Jeff, when do you let drop on the other one? Because this is... (laughs) (laughs) Who's the person? This is some of the greatest sizzle ever. Like, I'm envious of this sizzle. This is ridiculous. It's the big mystery of 2020.
0: We're here to unravel it on the Hawk Talk podcast. I want to know... Who he's referring to there was someone on Twitter that joked he's referring to himself. Oh, when does when does Jeffrey refer to
1: himself in the third person? Nick couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, does so does Jeff head up with them, or has he got too much business on
0: Twitter to be <laughs> uh, relocating to Coogee? Yeah, he's been very busy on Twitter lately. I don't know what Jeff's doing. I know that um, Justin Reeves is headed up with them. Oh, I just I'm so envious. Really. What, did they just get to be on the beach? <laughs> getting out of here, getting some warmer weather. Yeah, Melbourne's a bit on fire at the moment, isn't it? So I am rapt that we're playing Friday night because I want to get that game out of my head. Yeah, Sunday nights are no good. Give me a Friday night. I'll, I'll do the multi, mate. I'll make sure that Hawthorne gets the win. I'll put
1: the dollar. I'll include Collingwood in the multi. We'll be fine. All right, Nick. So you got close last week. Out on the Friday night, but still, did fairly well after that, didn't you? I think I did, actually.
0: Actually, no, I I dropped three games in the end. I thought I was on track to only drop two.
1: Still, for you, very close. That's uh, (laughs) that's six out of nine. It was, actually, yeah. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. I've got to keep him up or else he'll he'll stop doing it. Uh, (laughs) So, SCG sees a Thursday night game this week with uh, Geelong versus Brisbane. Oh, yes, the the traditional clash of Geelong and Brisbane at the SCG on a Thursday night. If they're not playing Sweet Caroline, I will be disappointed.
0: (laughs) There's no one there to sing it.
1: (laughs) No one's turning up to this one in Sydney. Who are you picking? Oh, okay, Uh, Brisbane. Brisbane are the hot team at the moment. They should dispatch Geelong. We'll go through the motions here. Uh, Collingwood play Hawthorne at Giants Stadium where Hawthorne haven't won a game. (laughs) God, that's, that's true. I didn't even realise that. Um, neither have Collingwood? I don't think Collingwood have. Yeah, they've won at Giants, I think. Or was it Manuka? Not sure. Anyway.
0: Anyway. Uh, no, I'll be tipping Collingwood. Dockers versus St Kilda. I'm going to go with the Saints. Uh, West Coast versus Adelaide at the Gabba. It's got to be West Coast. God, i watched some of um, Fremantle, Adelaide. Both teams are so bad. Uh,
1: Melbourne versus the Suns at Giants Stadium. Giants Stadium. Again, another traditional clash. Uh, the Suns. I'm going to pick the Suns. Uh, Essendon versus North.
0: Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, if I make it through to Saturday evening, this will be the one that brings me undone. I'm going to tip Essendon.
1: Why? Why would I tip North? Go on, like, you tell me. Did you see Cunnington on the weekend, actually? He looked awful. Yeah, no, he wasn't having a great time. The AFLPA should be all over that, surely. (laughs) It looked terrible. I've never seen a bloke look worse. He looked like... Like he he would have looked like he came out of the resis for like you know Apollo Bay thirds <laughs> something like that. Now uh, <laughs> Port Adelaide versus the Giants, the great pretenders. Port Adelaide versus GWS at Metricon. Oh, dare I depend on Port Adelaide? No. Come on, we've just experienced GWS.
0: And I think GWS can play better than they did, so I'm going to tip the Giants.
1: Yep, good. Uh, Richmond without Basher and Trent Cotchin, Nan Kurvis, and anyone else? Did I miss anyone else? Versus Sydney. There's a fair few names. Uh, I'm going to tip Sydney. That injury list is too long for me to have faith in. And to round out the round, we have a fantastic game from Metricon. Uh, Carlton versus the Dogs. <laughs> I'm going to tip the Dogs for that one. That's at 6:45 p.m. They're going Six to the North. Yeah, they've moved it back again. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's some odd fixturing. So, which is the one? Let me just check now. So, what we're saying is Essendon North is the one we're sending into the Americans. Oh, is it? Okay. They'll become a hostile party if we're not
0: careful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Anyway, it's good. We've only got a few days until the footy's back. And we're not playing badly. We're just not settling well. It's like I said last week,
0: mate. It's, you know, I don't think we've come anywhere close to our ceiling yet. We just Listen to this. Listen to this. Five and two. Oh, hello. How good does that sound? Sounds a hell of a lot better. I, I just, all I'm saying is I don't think we've come anywhere close to playing great football. Five rounds, we ain't seen nothing yet. And... I'm not saying that come Friday or next week against the D's we suddenly hit our straps, but something's, something's got to give. I would like to think that we're working on it and we're going to see some of our best footy sooner rather than later. It just it hasn't been a good five rounds, and I think we've still got a lot to give, and that's that's a silver lining out
1: of all of this. And look out for Harry Jones' first goal this weekend. Oh, he's called it. Yeah, he had some great celebrations. Loves a goal. I think that's a pretty perfect note to end on. Uh, Apple
0: Podcasts, find us on there. Rate and review us. Your glowing reviews simply brighten our day. You have no idea. Uh, Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. Join the conversation. Join our community over on there. And Facebook too, which is also building very nicely. Facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. And Patreon, of course.
1: The best way to support the show, Patreon.com slash HawkTalkPod. And remember, when all else fails, someone, whether it be the opposition or Hawthorne Kick long to McAvoy Please <laughs> Whether it's the opposition That's exactly what we want Collingwood
0: to do We need McAvoy to do a real uh, job on Mason Cox Akin to what he did against Ben Brown That's what we should be aiming for Can we put Frost on Cox? I think that'd be better Oh, Shrinkage Cut him down to size Alright
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> And on that note Just keep in mind Hawks fans 3-2 and two, And hopefully at the final siren this week We are a happy team at Hawthorne